0: Hello and welcome to the River and Panhandle's weekly podcast. We are so excited that you are tuning in for this week's message. Before we get started, there are a few things that we would love for you to do. Share it, subscribe, and rate the podcast. So the message is about to begin. We hope that you are encouraged and that you always remember no role is insignificant. Every life matters and go out and make a difference.
1: Starting today a series called Legacy. And so for the next several weeks, we're gonna start Mother's Day and end Father's Day. And we're gonna talk about the character of Christ that we leave to the people that we love. But let me say this first about legacy. Legacy is not what we leave to others. That's an inheritance. Legacy is what we lead others to. See the difference? So legacy is not just something that happens to the people that we love. Legacy is very intentional. We want to be purposeful about pointing our children, their grandchildren, their children and grandchildren to Jesus. We establish a legacy of hope, faith, trust in Jesus Christ that lasts for generation after generation after generation. And so starting with Mother's Day, I want us to look at the legacy or the character of grace. What does grace look like? particularly in and through mothers. Will you join me in prayer? God, as we unpack Your Word this morning in 1 Samuel, God, I pray that You would just remind us not only of what we have received from those before us, but also, God, what we owe, what You want for us, to lead our children and grandchildren and their children and grandchildren to do, to know, to experience, to love You above all, to experience Your goodness, Your kindness and mercy and favor above all. To know that Jesus Christ is the only way. He's not just a way. He's not just a part of our lives. Jesus, you are everything. And I pray that in our words and our actions, the way we love, and even when we don't love well, that you would shine through us by your grace. God, we love you. It's in the name of Jesus we pray. Amen. Moms are the best. Moms are just the best. Um, I've told you some stories about my mom um, along the way here. And um, for those of you who are guests with us or you don't know, uh, my mom passed away February 26th of this year. And so this is my first uh, Mother's Day. Um, Not able to call my mom and just hear her voice, love on her. But that's not sad news for me. And I'll tell you why. Because my mom is dancing and rejoicing in the streets of heaven with her Savior and with my dad, who's not a good dancer, but they're hanging out together. And, and, and my grandparents, who love Jesus, and they set the tone, the pace for my mom to know and experience life, not just on this earth, but forever. That's what my mom is doing right now. And I'm entirely jealous of that. And so one day I'll get to hug her and see her again. And today... It's kind of hard emotionally for some of us who have lost parents. Some of you maybe were a mom, lost a child. Some of you have wrestled through life and not been able to have children. Some of you have lost a relationship with your mom, it's been broken. And in some ways, you have experienced the death of a mom or the relationship with a mom just because it's been broken. Whatever the case, we want you to know this morning here at the river, or whether you're joining us online or in the room, we want you to know God has covered you with a portion of grace that is beyond anything that can be measured or sustained here on earth. God has given you his favor and mercy to love you beyond your circumstances. He doesn't just love you in spite of who you are or what you've done. He loves you, period. Moms, receive that today. If you have children who are not thankful for the way you tried to raise and love them, thank you. Thank you for setting the pace. This is a hard holiday for my wife. Some of you know we were in the process of adoption and that didn't go our way. And this would have been her first Mother's Day. But God is not done with us, right? He's not done with us. And it may not be your first, but there's gonna be some to come and we're gonna celebrate and rejoice those, right? And I'm gonna grill steaks and it's gonna be awesome. Today, we're just gonna to go to Sonic and that's okay too. It's not true. She wouldn't let me go to Sonic, okay. We all have a story, amen. We all have a story. And this might be one of the easiest messages to get up and preach about moms, you know, and tell a story about, uh, you know, Mary, the mother of Jesus, and, and you know, how, you know, her, her soul doth magnify the Lord. You know, I mean, those are easy messages to preach because moms love us so well. But I want us today to look at 1 Samuel the the story of a hard pathway to motherhood. The story of Hannah, 1 Samuel 1. Are you familiar with this story? As, as we turn to 1 Samuel, let me make a couple of statements. I want to share uh, a little quote for you from Billy Sunday, the evangelist preacher. He said, there's more power in a mother's hand than in a king's scepter. There's great power to change lives, to influence the people around you, to speak into someone's character and their life and, and, and establish and form the way they think and the way they live and what they believe. As a mother, you hold great power to be an influencer. We're gonna get into that more in just a little bit. But let me say this a, a godly mother doesn't simply love God more than her children. You tracking with me? A godly mother doesn't simply love God more than she loves her children. She does. She loves God more than anything. But a godly mother loves God by the way she loves her children. You with me on that? A godly mother, a Christian mother, a woman of virtue, loves God by the way she loves her children. I know that this is true because so many of you, you love your children unconditionally. They've made choices for their lives and it could have been not easy, but it could have been uncomplicated for you to walk away from those choices. But you don't. You stand by them. Why? Because you love them unconditionally. You stand for them. You fight for them. You live for them. You sacrifice for them. A godly mother loves God, by the way, she loves her children. So, motherhood, as we understand it, is a million moments in a lifetime that are covered and kept together by God's grace, by forgiveness, by laughter, by tears. And so, through the good and the bad, God holds that together for your family when it could have gone a completely different direction. And there are some of you in the room who are still struggling and hurting because things have happened in your life that weren't as you planned and it's nearly broken you, but you're still here today and there's something very powerful about that. And that thing is grace. God's grace that holds us together. Not only with others, but with God himself. It's grace that keeps us going. And so Hannah, we find this story in 1 Samuel, uh, all of 1 Samuel 1, Samuel 1 really, but, but particularly at the end, we're going to look at a couple of verses. But let me background just a touch for you. Hannah uh, was the wife of Elkanah. And, and 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 he had two wives, and one of his wives had several children. But Hannah could not have children. She was barren, as the Scripture might say. She was not able to have children. And so Hannah lived, A, with this torment of not being able to have children, but not only the personal hurt and the pain of that, but she also had a tormentor in her life. Someone who persecuted her and made her feel empty and weak and useless because she tormented Hannah. And so she gets rebuked and then Hannah continues to ask God for a child. And that's where we find ourselves, 1 Samuel 1, 26-28. Let me just read those verses for you and then we'll, we'll walk through them. Verse 26, and she said, Oh, my Lord. Now you may notice there's a lowercase L there. So she's not praying to God. She's speaking to Elkanah, right? So she says, Oh, my Lord, as you live, my Lord, I am the woman who was standing here in your presence praying to the Lord. Uppercase L, the Father. Verse 27, "'For this child I prayed, "'and the Lord has granted me my petition "'that I made to him.'" Verse 28, "'Therefore I have lent him to the Lord.'" The word lent there is I gave him to the Lord. I gave him back to the one that gave him to me. I lent him to the Lord. As long as he lives, he is lent to the Lord. I'm gonna keep giving him back all the days of his life. And he worshiped the Lord there. As a family, they worshiped God because God had delivered. God had come through. Men, in general, if there's a man in your home, men tend to have the authority in a house, by and large. Some of them abuse that. Some of them don't do that well. Some of them do it very well. There's a variety of circumstances But women have the influence. Am I right? It's the moms who have the influence in the house. Moms are the ones who pour themselves in. We go everywhere with our moms, don't we? You go to the grocery store, you go to Ulta, the beauty stay right, and you're like, what am I doing here? You're right. We go, we go to the right, we go, we go everywhere with our moms. We go to the school drop-off line with mom. We see sometimes character comes out, you know. Right? Moms have all the influence. It's not only in what they say, sometimes it's in what they don't say. And we watch moms react, and we watch moms move in and out, and we're influenced by that. It shapes who, who we are. And so w- because of that, we not just observe, but we learn so much from our moms. And it shapes who we become. For better or for worse, from day one, mom, it's you who makes us so much of who we are. Now, I was blessed. I was very fortunate. When my dad died in 2017, I would go over to my mom's house basically every Monday. I called it Mama Monday. And what, what I determined was that on Monday, I was going to go and date my mom. Love on her. She had done it all her life. Wiped my backside, I mean, got me through, you know, injuries. I mean, she was there for the best and the worst. And so I just wanted to go invest in love on my mom. What a privilege that was. But here's something I noticed, and it didn't, it was not lost on me. But every time I walked into my mom's house, unless she just did this, like staged it, I don't think so. But there was always a Bible open next to my mom's chair. And I know she had been in God's Word. I know she had been on our knees praying for her sons, for her grandchildren, for friends, family, for her church, for the people that she cared about. That's just who my mom was. So I was very blessed to have a mom like that. Not all of you are. Not all of you have found that rhythm with God Maybe we're, where that's how you would be defined by your children. But there is hope in the name of the Lord. There is still time right now whether your children are still young or they're grown and old, you still influence them. This is the moment to lay your life before the Lord and say for the rest of their lives, for the rest of my life, I want to seek the Lord and be in his presence. I want to pray. I want to be known as a prayer warrior. I want to love my children and influence them for the name of Jesus. This is a moment. This is an opportunity to be seasoned and known by your grace. Grace is, just like our moms, grace is present. Another way to say that is grace is always there. It's always yours for the taking. It's always available to us. Why? This is what sets, part of, uh, sets grace apart from mercy. Mercy. Right? We've talked about this. You know this. Mercy is not getting what you do deserve. Grace is getting what you do not deserve. But God's grace always goes before us. It's always with us. Ephesians 2 says, for it is by grace, through faith, you have been saved. Not of yourselves. It's not by works. It is the gift of God. Why? So that no one can boast. We don't earn it. We don't earn this kind of love. It's just given to us. Moms, you have been given that sort of grace. Even though you made mistakes or you have made mistakes or maybe you're in the middle of a mistake. Maybe you're paying a consequence for a mistake. God doesn't look at you that way. God looks at you as a child who needs his grace. And he wants to filter that grace through you to the others in your life. What a great gift. What an incredible gift. Grace is present. Grace is always with us. Look at verse, 20, uh, look at verse 26. Let's back up and just go a verse at a time through, through this passage. And so Hannah said, Oh, my Lord, as you live, my Lord, I am the woman who was standing here in your presence. I was the one who was nearby because I needed your covering. I needed your mercy. I needed your grace and your kindness. I needed your presence. I needed to be there because I could not exist. I could not go on without help. I was the one who was standing there Praying to the Lord. The legacy that a praying mother leaves behind. Watch this. Write this down. Hide this in your heart. The legacy that a praying mother leaves behind is not just memorable, it's not just special, it's eternal. It's way bigger than this earth. It's way more than just this circumstance. The legacy that a praying mother leaves behind is eternal. It's forever. So you're not just shaping a person's life and how they will grow and what they will become and what they will do for a living. And will they marry a good person? It's more than that. It's eternity that's on the line. A godly mother, a praying mother, leaves an eternal kind of a legacy. I'm not sure exactly uh, who said this. Um, I, I, I sort of went looking for it. I think it was Henry Ward Beecher who said um, the, the child's, the, the child, let me, see. I'm going to get this totally wrong. The mother's heart, the mother's heart is the child's classroom, it's where they learn. We've talked about this before, Luke 6, when Jesus talked, when he called the the Pharisees whitewashed tombs, right? Because on the outside they looked good, but on the inside their hearts were dark. But if you flip that, the message is what comes out when you're squeezed is what's on the inside. Jesus said, out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. Your heart is your child's classroom. They're watching, observing. A praying mother leaves an eternal legacy. How you treat them, how you speak, how you treat others, the things you say, the way you act, the choices you make for your life. Your children, your grandchildren, they're watching. Does it tell a message of grace or does it tell a message of right? Meaning, is it more important for you to be right About a thing, or is it more important for you to walk in God's grace because He is always right? His way is always righteous. David said in Psalm 27 One thing, one thing my heart seeks, and that I will seek that I may dwell in the house of the Lord forever, Psalm 27.4. But here's the kicker. It doesn't mean David wanted to go to church every day. That would be fun and nice, I guess. But that's not what he was saying. He was saying presence. I want to be in God's presence every day of my life. Grace is not only present, grace is also prayerful. David wanted to seek the Lord Because he knew his only hope was in the Lord. Moms, your only hope is not that you're going to come up with the right solution in the right world, the right words to help your child or your children make right decisions. Our only hope is the presence and the heart of God. Cover your family in prayer. Let that be how you are defined. Sons, daughters, Husbands, grandchildren. Watch, learn, listen. When you have a praying, godly matriarch, a mom, a grandmother in your life, the others see it and they know it. That's why they're here. Because they love you and trust you and they believe in you. Because you sought God with your heart. That's powerful stuff. That's what legacy is made of. And I'm at I see so many of those scenarios where the people step into the presence of God because you first stepped into the presence of God. We need that. We need that in our world. Grace is prayerful. Just as a mother understands uh, what a child cannot or does not say, you with me on this? Like somehow you mothers figure out the gibberish and a kid's like, blah, 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 and you're like, oh, you want a cookie? Cool. How do you know that? Right? <laughs> oh, you're thirsty. Okay. What? How does that happen? Just as a mother understands the words that a kid cannot or does not say, also a mother hears from God in a unique way to understand the heart of God in a way you cannot Stop pushing back against the faith of your mom and your family and pay attention because God is at work in your life, whether you know it or not. Whether you can accept and embrace that or not, God is at work in your life. And your mom hears things from God, not audibly, it's not always loud and clear but she hears from God in a way that you need in your life. Pay attention. Listen. Grace is prayerful. Look at verse 27. So for this child I prayed, and the Lord has granted me my petition that I made to him. The Lord has granted me an answer To my prayed. I prayed for this child and the Lord answers. God will deliver 100% of the time when we seek His face. Jeremiah 29 13 says it this way Seek, when you seek, when you seek the Lord, you will find Him when you seek him with all your heart. He will be found when you seek the Lord. Grace is prayerful, grace is present. God wants to give himself to you. Hannah understood that and so she continued to pray even in my torment, even though I'm being made fun of, even though I don't have children, even though I don't have the life that I'd once thought I wanted. I'm gonna to continue to pray. And what happened? God delivered. He swooped in and he saved the day. He always does, even when the answer doesn't look like what we think it's going to look like. Why? Because it is God who is at work, both to his will and his good pleasure. Philippians 2.13. God is the one who is at work. And when we seek him, we will find him. Jeremiah 33.3 3 says, not only when you call on Him will He come to you, He will show you great and unsearchable things you do not know. I have an answer for you that is far better than anything you're already asking. I'm going to do something in your life that you could not understand, even if you were told. I'm going to do something for you that is not special and is not memorable. It's eternal. That's the way we pray for those that we love and the ones that we lead. That's grace. Staying in the game. It's it's not struggle that makes a mom successful. It's not struggle that makes anybody successful, but particularly today we're talking about moms. It's not struggle that makes a mom successful. It's struggle without quitting. She keeps fighting for the things that matter most. Moms stay in the game. Moms stay on the field. They keep going. I'm not going to give up on you. Why? Because I'm not going to let the enemy have his way with you. I'm not going to let anybody hurt you. Not on my watch. And when you do hurt, and when you are down and out, and when you feel like you've fallen, and you feel like you want to give up, I'm not going to give up. I'm going to keep going for you. That's grace. Grace is present. Grace is prayerful. And grace is persistent. There's just nothing like it. There's nothing like it in all the world. Uh, I've shared with you my mom uh, was diagnosed in 08 with myelofibrosis, which is a rare bone cancer. And at the time when she was diagnosed, they told my mom, um, you're, you're going to, most myelo patients live for three to five years. Plan accordingly. My mom lived 14 years with myelofibrosis. And she was determined not to stop and not to give up. Even on days, I can't tell you how many Mama Mondays, I went over to my mom's house and she's in tears and she just goes, I just can't do it. I don't, I can't, I don't know how much longer. Like five years ago, right? And she just kept going. Persistent. Grace is persistent. But she wasn't just doing it for her. She was doing it for her children and her grandchildren and her church and the other little group of ladies in her life that can't do for herself. My mom kept going. It's powerful stuff. Grace is persistent. What a gift from the Lord. Do you feel like you struggle? Moms, do you feel like giving up? Are there moments when you say, I just, I can't go Any further, I can't deal with this. One more, something's got to give. Whether your circumstances change or not, let me encourage you with this. God is not only immutable. He's the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow. But God will continue to give Precisely what you need to live this day, to take another breath. It's not going to always be ideal. It's not always going to be comfortable. It's not going to be the The great happy privilege of your life every day. But God is enough for you. And He wants to be sustainable in your life. He wants you to hang on and to keep going and to keep watching and to keep waiting and to keep praying. Why? Because He's not done with that person that's causing you so much pain. That's who He is, that's His nature. He doesn't give up on us. And so we don't give up, not on our children, we can't give up on God. You need Him to be persistent, to keep going, to keep walking, to keep breathing, to keep living. There are days when we wanted to give up on the idea of being parents. So I just turned 53. And at fifty, when we first started talking about adoption, and I thought, "Dear heavens, I'm gonna be fifty year old having a baby. I'm gonna be sixty eight years old when my kids walk across graduation. Right? I'm gonna be seventy five when they get married." walking my daughter down an aisle in a wheelchair and an oxygen machine. You know what I mean? I mean, I started having these thoughts like, I'm, I mean, I just wanted to coach my kid's baseball team growing up. Can't do that now. I can't even run, much less coach a baseball team. <laughs> 52, when everything went hard on the baby front and then just turned 53, and now we're going... God, if this is what you want for us, you're going to give me the strength. She's young. She's fine. (laughs) I'm 20 years older. No, I'm not. But but she's got the energy of a field mouse, right? I'm like, is it time to go to bed? It's 7.45, right? And so how's this going to work? You keep going. You just keep going. Moms, not just your children, I watch you and I see the way you love others. And I watch the way you love your family and the investments you make in them. And I watch the way you care for others and you serve and you give and you you build others up and you spur others on to love and good deeds. We're watching as you lead your family so well. And there's power in that. The persistence of the grace alive in you, praying, not stopping, trusting the Lord. That's a powerful, powerful message, but not quite as powerful as this. Watch them. Watch this. Verse 28 Therefore, I have lent him to the Lord, I gave him to the Lord. This is Hannah, who struggled to have children, got ridiculed for it. When she finally had a child, she said, I'm giving him to God. As long as he lives, he is given to the Lord. God, it's not my will, but your will be done. He's not mine. He's God's. This is God's son, not my. I'm giving him back to you. You showed me mercy and grace. You gave me this, but he's not mine. Your children are, are not your own. They have been bought with a price. They belong to Jesus. He gave his life for you, for you. Them. Your children are not yours. I don't care how much they cost you. I had breakfast with the buddy on Friday. His car insurance for his family is $1,200. Four drivers. What is wrong with this world, right? Doesn't cost him anything in relationship to what it cost Jesus Christ to entrust his child to them. Now look at this. This story of Hannah giving up her son is a story of the gospel. It is the gospel lived out. You hold on to your children's heart with beauty and dignity and mercy, and kindness, and favor, and sometimes even grace. And it's the story of what God did for us. He sent Jesus into the world, fully God, took on flesh, born to Mary, a virgin, not hers, but his son, lent to the world, given to the world, To die on the cross for our sin, but not to stop there, to keep going, to rise from the dead, not just end there, that would be an awesome story, but also to ascend back to his rightful place at the seat, the hand, the next, uh, the side of his Father. Preparing a place for you and me. This is the story of the gospel. Hannah was a character in the story, the narrative that is God's story of redemption. You as a mom, you as the child of a mom, you are a character in the narrative of God's story of redemption. We owe our children the grace of prayer, of persistence, of presence. Why? Because grace is powerful. <laughs> there is so much power and influence in the way we lead and love others. Moms, this isn't just a message to you. Children, grandchildren, husbands. Look me right here in the eye. Let's get real about something. We owe our moms, these women, we owe them a debt of gratitude. Thank you, moms, for the way you love. We did not deserve it. We just didn't deserve it. And you kept going. Some of you live this hard reality, this hard story that your mom didn't love you that way. I get it. It hurts. It's painful. It's real. Did you deserve better? Maybe. Do we all wish you had better? Certainly, 100 percent. But God is not done writing the story of your life. He is not done carving away the broken, bad, messed-up places in your life and making you into the image of Jesus Christ, so that then you can love with a grace that is present and prayerful and powerful and persistent. This is who he wants you to be. Whether you have children or don't have children. Whether you have a mom still in your life or not. Whether she was a good person or not. God's love never changes for you. That's grace. And it's the legacy that he wants us to leave behind. This is who he wants us to be. Children of grace. Grace givers of grace. To show others that kind of love. That's strong, right? That is great hope for us today. Some of you moms are about to go through some pretty epic changes in your life. You have kids graduating from high school, going and doing other things, That's scary. You have uh, children who you might lose in a custody battle. You have children you are fostering and somebody might step in and take them out of your home. We don't know what God holds for us. We don't know what's around the corner in our lives. But what we do know is that God never stops His love never fails. That's where we find ourselves. Just like Hannah, uncertain about our future, on our knees, God, I trust you. Whatever you want from me, I trust you. I trust you. I believe in you. And I'm going to keep going with you, whatever it looks like. He's good, isn't he? We serve a great God. As the worship team comes back up, uh, we we don't want to leave this in a sour, hard, weird, awkward place. We want to celebrate today. We're going to celebrate our moms because of the gift that we have been given by God. And so because of that, we also have a gift for you. We've got some pretty good gifts over in that corner. So if you are a mom... If you have a mom that maybe you've lost, you have a mom that you've been praying for and with and you, you miss your mom dearly, you can go back there. If you have not been able to give birth to children, your heart is that of a mommy, but you are not yet a mommy, we have a gift for you. Are you tracking with me? This is not just for moms who have given birth to children. You foster kids, we have a gift for you. You've adopted. We have a gift for, are you tracking with me? We want you, if you have an understanding and a beautiful memory or the beautiful idea of what it means to be a mom of grace, we have a gift for you back there in that corner, right? So please, before you leave, make sure you see those elders are going to give you a flower and a gift. And we want you to go out of here and love and be remembered. We love you moms. You're the best. You're just the best. Your husbands, eh. we'll get there in a few weeks. If you need prayer this morning, you want to hear more about this grace. We have a prayer team in these corners and they want to pray with you and answer those questions. They want to speak scripture and life over you. We want to pray for you. If you want to know what it means to follow Jesus so that you can season your children with that kind of grace, come see us. We want to answer that for you. Are you glad you're here today? I'm sure glad you're here. It's been a good day. Let's pray. God, thank you for this great privilege. I pray, Father, as we worship and sing out of here today that you would ignite, fill our praise. Be pleased with us today, God. Thank you for moms, thank you for my mom. Thank you for seasoning us with your good and glorious grace. So now we give it back to you. In the name of Jesus we pray.
0: And that's this week's message. We hope that you are encouraged and inspired. If you would like to join our online campus and experience the service as it happens live, go follow us on Facebook or YouTube by searching The River in Panhandle, Texas. Have an amazing and blessed week.